Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Good to, good to be together. How, how beautiful is Jesus? How wonderful is Jesus? He is the reason we are here. He's the reason we are gathered. There's no other reason. There's no other purpose that we are here, only Him. How wonderful is Jesus? It's been wonderful to worship, and if we have space at the end, we'll worship again. But it's important that we just keep reminding ourselves, how wonderful is He? How wonderful is Jesus? And today, we just pray that yeah, just our focus and our gaze is just solely in Him. Just even as we come around the Word, just this is our hunger and our desire today, just that we learn from Him afresh. We've been on this series just of Cultivate, and you know the whole purpose of where we've been doing in this. Um, we're primarily going to be focusing on the reference from Mark's Gospel. We're in the parable of the sower, and we've been looking at Mark chapter 4 over the last while. There's other references in some of the other Gospels as well, which we'd encourage you to be, to be reading. And I know over the, this last while, we've been really trying to press into it. We've, we've looked at the understanding about there's, there's a farmer who sows seed. He scatters seed. And, and uh, we've referenced about the seed of the gospel and the significance. This is why we're praying for Alpha at the minute. But in an ongoing sense of way, we're asking, God, what are you trying to seed in our lives? Even at the moment, we've looked at the different types of soils. Phil's looked at the, the, the path, the hard places. We've looked at the stony path the last while as well, looking perhaps at some of the, the shallowness that can result in our lives. Um, and, yet, and yet for us, as, as we come to this, one of the things that Phil referenced, I think, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, and he's referenced this a few times in the past, but I guess what it, when he shared it the last couple, it really gripped me afresh. When we look about the narrative and understanding of salvation, Phil said these, these three words, or these three points, and it's important that we just reference and understand as Jesus, even through this parable, what he's speaking to us, but Phil said in their understanding of salvation, you've been saved, you, you're being saved, and one day you will be fully saved. A reference and understanding, there was a moment we hope for you, and this is why we're doing Alpha, where there's a beginning point of the journey of this, where there's a moment of reaching out and saying, Jesus, we recognize who we are before you, holy God. We recognize our need of a Savior. We recognize our need to forgive of your forgiveness, and we repent of our sin. You've been saved, but in this process, we are being saved. <laughs> We're being saved and transformed and renewed. This is the hope of the Father for us in our lives, that we are constantly being transformed and redeemed and renewed in our lives. It's not just that one moment that it was at the beginning, but this is an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing process. And one day we will stand before him face to face and we will be fully redeemed. We will be fully restored. We will be fully healed. We will be fully renewed in every way. But in this moment, this is what Jesus is speaking into. And so, it's, it's almost similar to what I had referenced as well in one of the first weeks, just recognizing this, this truth. Each type of soil that we're speaking about here in this parable can be present in any season. In any season of our lives, these soils can be present. Jesus wasn't speaking about this one-time moment again, what it was at the beginning, but it's important for us that we ask, God, would you examine our hearts right now? God, even when we think about the path, what are some of those hard places, God, that I've been resisting? God, what are, even as Phil referenced last week about the, the shallowness, God, with some of the things? And this is the truth and the reality, you see. 
Remember the verse in Genesis that I looked at? Seed time and harvest will never pass away, will never stop. And that's not just in the physical, that's in the spiritual. And so we said this, God is a father because he's a good God. He constantly wants to seed new things in your life. And he constantly wants to harvest. And then he wants to seed more things. Then he wants to harvest. And he wants to seed more things. And he wants to harvest because as his children, he desires us in this ongoing way to continue to change and be transformed and to be renewed. This is part of our salvation. So it's important to be asking as we go through this. And even as we look today, God, would you search my heart? with what you're trying to seed in my life at the moment, what you're trying to deposit, would you search my heart and help me to identify, God, the work that I need to cultivate in the condition of my own heart. Today, we're going to be speaking about the thorns. We're going to be looking about another type of ground that Jesus references in this parable. I'm going to teach a little bit on it. And then next week, Bruna McIntyre from our Port of Nine Church. Many of you know Bruna. She was part of our church family her, here, her and her husband, Stephen. For many years, Bruna's going to be here and she's going to be sharing the word and speaking into this parable as well, into this reference about thorns and the thorny ground. Um, but I'm going to just uh, begin to unpack that today. And these are the words that, that Jesus speaks of. And so as we open, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, looking at verse 7 initially, and then from verse 18 and 19 as well, it's going to be on the screen. And so Holy Spirit, we just pray, open our eyes. Open today our eyes to these words and our ears to what you're saying today. Please, God, would you move in our lives afresh? We ask you again, would you move afresh? In Jesus' name, amen. This is what he says about the thorns. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Later on, verse 18 and 19, he says this, Still others, like seed, sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Again, imagine for us, think about you at the moment, where you're at on that journey. If you've, if you've never come to that place of stepping into a relationship with Jesus, perhaps there have been certain things that have choked out the word and have stopped you from entering. But as a believer, with what God's trying to do, perhaps, and that's what we want to press into today, what are some of the things that perhaps are choking are stopping the, the depth of growth in our life that the Lord wants us to do. Biologically speaking, of course, because I used to be a biology teacher, and you know, we've been talking about this, and so bear with me as we go into some of these things. Biologically speaking, thorns or weeds come along, and they compete with the plant for what it needs to nourish it, for what will help it thrive, and for what will help it flourish. Right? Hear this, the thorns, the weeds, the the enemy wants to plant in our lives, wants to seed in our lives. These are the things that will compete for what will nourish us, what will help us thrive, and what will make us flourish. Things like for the plant, like sunlight or water, the weeds shaded from the sun that compete for water, they can almost choke it to death. And yet Jesus, in the same way, uses this to reference what can happen even in our own lives. Again, with this idea of the weeds, these are the things that the enemy references three things, particularly this is what we're going to look at today. But he referenced these three things, and this is what we need to grasp. These are the plans or the tactics of the enemy over our lives, over all of us, and what he wants to transcend. And these are the three areas that Jesus specifically looks at. Worries of life, deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things. Worries of life deceitfulness of wealth, desires for other things. Next week, Bruna specifically is going to be looking at number two, the deceitfulness of wealth. Phil and I have referenced over the last number of months about money and about finances and 
we're going to allow another voice to speak into you, but we really feel that Bruna and Stephen have just modeled out something beautiful and pure and how they've lived out their lives before the Lord in this way. And we feel that she's got something to really impart to us as a church family next week as we speak into it. But today, I'm going to be looking at numbers one and three specifically out of these and look how they, they weave together. And the first thing I want to look at is simply this, worries, the worries that are in our lives. Some of the big issues that are present and present themselves to us and maybe you recognize in your life, even you carry in with you today. Worries can come in many different shapes or forms at different moments of our lives and again at different seasons. But similar to the thorns in their way, they can come in different ways and sometimes from the most unlikely of places. Again, so what happens with thorns or with weeds? These, these are these grow as a result of their own seeds being deposited in the soil. And what happens with this is that with thorns and with weeds, they don't just grow just right beside where they've always grown. These can be dispersed. These can be carried in lots and lots of different ways. Like wind can carry it long distances. Birds or animals can carry it. Thorns or weeds can start to grow in the most unlikely of places. And this is what happens with us in the same way, even when it comes to worries. The worries that can happen and can present in our lives, they can often come and they can often blindside us. They can creep in on our lives without us knowing and result from the most unlikely of sources, from the most unlikely of places. Some, however, are just really, really obvious. There's certain worries that are just like hugely embedded in the culture of who we are. We just recognize lots and lots of different things that are just prevalent in our society and in our culture. And sometimes it leaves us asking the questions, how on earth can we avoid them? How on earth can we just stay away from some of these? And yet this is where we want to speak truth into this today. While there's a narrative that sometimes can be present in our minds, while there's a narrative that we can hear around these worries and concerns, we want to hear the narrative of what Jesus actually says. We want to hear what the Word actually says and speaks into these. And here's one of the truths that Jesus speaks to begin with. And he says this in John 16. Have I told you these things, or I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace? In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Like Jesus isn't trying to like sidestep it and say, it's all going to be fine, it's all going to be easy. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And what Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you how to overcome. I've overcome it. And Jesus, I'm going to model this out for you. And as we look even in glimpse today at Scripture, we're going to try and learn, see what are some of the ways of overcoming and stepping out of some of the, the worries that can trap us even in our mind. And this is where, in the battle of the mind, Paul even speaks into this, this well-known verse in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will. And so the first question we need to ask was, what are some of the worries that we can face even in the room today, I could look around and if we asked each of you to speak out, what are some of the worries? There could be a whole plethora of different um, understandings about what are some of the worries or concerns. And so I wanted to take a bit of a snapshot and I asked Robbie and Ryan, even from a youth, I recognize we've got some of the young people in the room this morning. I asked Nicola just even from what they're, they're seeing, even from the compassion team and what we're picking up even pastorally, what are some of the issues that we are facing and we see with us. And this is what are some of the, we recognize some of the worries that perhaps might be present in the room today. Robbie and Ryan were saying, you know, from a young person's perspective, and I recognize actually this is right across the ages, but definitely prevalent 
for at a young age, one of the big worries that we face, particularly Robbie said, is this one, a fear of what other people think. A fear of what other people think of them, if other people are recognizing. Robbie had said this, you know, it just really stems from a comparison culture that just comes from, particularly from social media, from Instagram, things like that, where there's just a comparison. Um, I loved it when Ariana was over and she talked about her mobile phone. She says, you know, when we talk about weapons of mass destruction, and yet the enemy is using these as weapons of mass distraction in our life to steal and to kill and to take away from some of the things. And Robbie's recognizing this, even when it comes to social media. This is one of the worries that is prevalent in young people. Fear of what other people think of me. How do I compare the consumerism culture where you recognize the idea of just worries about having to look a certain way, consumed with school, work. For young people, they were saying, and this is right across the board, busyness. Do you remember, do you remember back in COVID at the end of the first lockdown when it was just, we'd all been in our gardens for like two or three months and we all were listening to the birds because no, there was no traffic. And do you remember we all said, we're never going to go back to there. <laughs> do you remember those words? We're never going, we've done with the busy lifestyle, we're finished. And it just feels like it's just escalated and ramped up, hasn't it, since we've, we've stacked back into that. Busyness is something that can be a distraction and a worry over our lives. Even pastorally and some of the things, Nicola and the guys have recognized just even some of the issues, breakdown of relationships can lead to worry, debt, cost of living, addiction. Nicola had referenced this, which I thought was really quite interesting, but living in an instant society where we just have to have it almost immediately. It has to be right now, and even in terms of discipleship journey, where if it doesn't happen right now, we just move on to something else, and we forget about what, what there's been, even as we grow a bit older, worries over health, family, area, family worries. Recognize this, some worries that can come from identity loss due to work, as people maybe have to stop work, or there's a shifting moment that can just result in all sorts of difficulties in the mind, fear, even over death. And the reality is we all have worries. We all have different struggles. And even for you sitting here this morning, some of them might be on the screen, some of them might not be. We all have worries. And everything that I'm trying to say this morning is not to belittle the concerns that we face. It's not to play it down. Because Jesus says this, in this world you will have troubles. Jesus isn't trying to downplay it, and we're not trying to either. But this morning we want to ask from a biblical perspective, how do we step into this? And this is what I want to say. It's really, really important that you define what are your worries. It's an important first step to be able to define what are our worries. Many people today are living in a sense of anxiety and worry, and they can't even understand where it's all stemming from, where it's come, what's actually, even to be able to, to name what is it that they're actually feeling. For many people, they feel trapped and the first step for each of us is to do some deep soul searching, some deep soul work and identify what these worries are and what they come from. And this is where I recognize being able to speak things out is crucial. Who are the people that you have around you in your life that you can just talk some of these things out with? This is why we referenced and pushed last week even about life groups, but having good people around you, some good family, some good people that you can trust, being able to unpack and be able to bring some of these things out. And it helps us to be able to process it. It could be with a counselor. It helps us to identify and understand what the worries are. It's important that we define these. It's important that we pay attention to our worries and don't, don't downplay the impact of what these can mean for our bodies and for our souls. And let me say this before I just look at a couple other things. Just I'm about to go in, in a bit of a geeky mode just to explain a couple of things about this. 
It's important that we pay attention to it because there's an enemy who definitely is paying attention to it. And if we're just naive and oblivious to us, we're just paying, playing into the enemy's tactics. And we're allowing him just to just wreak havoc on our lives and just different things to happen. He's just playing away and doing all the things and we're just totally oblivious to everything it's doing. We need to pay attention. What's going on in the state of our heart? What's going on in the state of our mind? This is where we need to invite the Holy Spirit in the prayers of the psalmist. Would you search us? Search us, God, and help us. Scientifically, right? So here we go, biology teacher mode. But scientifically, this is like straight out of one of my textbooks, I think, from A-level days, right? But scientifically, in our minds, is what we need to recognize is happening. Stay with me, please, just for two minutes, just as we do this. But even in our minds, and this is an important part for us to grasp, there's an area towards the front, and this is why I've just put these in blue circles, it's called your prefrontal cortex. That's a big term, isn't it? Your prefrontal. Th- this is pretty much where your rational thinking happens. This is the area where you make your best and your, your measured decisions from comes from this part of your brain at the front, your prefrontal cortex. Further back and towards the base of your brain is this area in red. See the way I've done this to help us, right? This area in red is called the amygdala. And what happens here in moments of danger and as we face even moments of threat, the amygdala releases hormones, like particularly a hormone called cortisol, starts just pumping through our body, and then that results in another hormone called adrenaline. And that results in what we know as like a fight or flight sort of mode. And all of this, this is a reflective, but it's a protective measure for your body. It's there to protect you. I recognize and see some counselors in the room today, so I'm trying to be careful that I'm saying this right. This is for our protection that God has placed us within it. It's there to protect us. And yet... The issue or problem with worries or anxieties or their lives is that when it's left unchecked and it's left resolved, what actually happens is that these two parts of your brain are almost opposed to one another. You can't think rationally. You can't think in a measured sort of way when the amygdala is almost firing off and doing its thing. This is what the counselors and different things we recognize as an amygdala hijack, I think is the term that they use for it. It's just firing off and like in a rational way, you can't think. And what happens, right, is that in moments of fear, in the moments of worry, again, in the natural way, this is their fear protection. So in moments of threat, this actually helps you to protect yourself. It actually helps you to defend and to protect your body. But what happens when you have fear or you have worry when it's left unchecked and it's just left there to be able to start just to play havoc in your body in whatever that way it is, what happens is that your amygdala starts to just fire off and to do all these different parts. And what happens at that time is that it results in things like panic, anxiety, worry, fear of the unknown, fear of the future. The amygdala just goes into overplay with this. And often what it can result in is the sense of immobilizing us. It's a result, a result of nullifying us, almost keeping us trapped in a place of where we are. Let me tell you a story. And I want to tell this story, you're going to think, that guy's a walking disaster. Last time I spoke, I talked about how I was walking. I was in England and I was walking back to a hotel. And I took a step. And remember, I ended up rolling down a whole hill. <laughs> now I'm telling you, I'm hoping that the next time I speak, I don't really have a story to tell, right? But this time, last Sunday night, we were moving things into our new house. And I was standing on top of a ladder, putting stuff in the roof space. And... I don't know how Laura said she was holding the ladder. I don't think she was. But um, the ladder just completely swung and gave way, and I fell the whole way down. 
And I whacked my back. My back's been a lot of pain. I went the next night into A&E. took ages to be triaged. But when I finally got in, they did this. They immobilized me. They put like this thing around my neck. It had, had me lying on a bed and I couldn't move. There was, there was people coming around me and while I wanted to be able to respond, I couldn't look. There was like people doing all sorts of, and I couldn't turn around to see. And this is what I failed of, to be honest, even as I reflect on it, as a picture of what I recognize is going on in many people's lives. By some of the worries that are pre present. And this is what we need to understand. These are the things that the enemy wants to seed into your life. Well, you, we have a father who, as I said earlier, wants to seed new things constantly, wants to harvest good things constantly in life. We have an enemy whose purpose is the opposite, wants to seed things of distraction and destruction into our lives. And then that's what he desires to do, is that he can keep us gripped and locked in this place where we are immobilized or trapped by fear, where it's like we want to move, but we can't, so we fail. And yet today, all I simply want to come to see from, from Scripture is to be able to present to us and show that there is a way. And that as we come before the Lord today, and just for these last few minutes as we look, just to see, well, Jesus, what do you actually say about this? What are some of the things that you're presenting and doing? And this is why I want to say this, that while it's one thing to define our worries, this is where from a scriptural point of view and in the life of a believer, it's another thing not just to define our worries, but to redefine our worries. It's important that we redefine because sometimes the narrative that has been over some of our minds says, oh, I'm trapped. I can't move. This is just how things are. And today I need you to hear the good news is that it's not. There is a hope. There's a way for us in our lives to step into fullness. Jesus' plan for you still is fullness. Jesus' plan and purpose for you is still fullness of life and for the good things that he has for us. And today, all I simply want to look for just for a few minutes is, God, would you help us to redefine and to reimagine? And so this is where we simply just look at Jesus. What do you say? And this is where Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, just so beautifully says these words. And as he speaks into this, I guess what Jesus, this is the point I want to say. This is where it weaves into the third point. A lot of this is to do with where is, what is the desires of our hearts? Where is our attention? Where is our gaze going at the moment? And these are the words that Jesus says in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you. Listen to what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or rape or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, ye of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? These are some of the worries or some of the thoughts that people might have at the minute. How are we going to afford to eat? How are we going to afford clothes? So Jesus goes on to say this, for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will take care of themselves. These words that are in bold, this is what I just want to take five minutes just as we finish, just to focus on. 
We've heard these words before. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added on. This, the Greek word here for the word first that Jesus talks of is this word proton. It's meaning a straightforward but often neglected or underplayed in our lives as believers. Jesus' meaning, there's, there's a couple of different meanings for it, but one of the first ways of looking at it is simply this. It can mean first in terms of time or place. And Jesus is simply saying the seek first, like let it be your first thought. If we're talking about cultivating what it is to cultivate the condition of our own hearts, cultivating a habit and a principle of filtering all the thoughts or worries that come into our mind firstly through a filter of, God, what do you say about it? God, what is your purpose? What are your thoughts on this, Father? God, what does your kingdom lead me into an understanding of this? And I don't know about you, but we can often just try to sort it ourselves. We ask other people. We can do one of the worst things. We turn to Google to ask what's going on with me. We can go into measures like things like counseling. And often as a last measure, we turn to God for help, by which point... The mind's just been wreaking havoc. The enemy's been doing his damage. There's been lots of different things that have been going on. And this is why Jesus says, seek first. With those thoughts that are sometimes almost trapping you, with those thoughts that are paralyzing you, with those thoughts that are crippling you, seek first. Like, bring it before God first and bring it and ask, God, what do you speak into this? And this is what Jesus modeled out. Listen to what we read about in John chapter 5. Jesus gave this answer, very truly I tell you, The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be. I mean, Jesus had this principle of everything that was coming before him, people who were coming and presenting and asking him for different things. Jesus had a principle of seek first, He withdrew to an isolated place. He got time alone with the Father, and he knew what it was to seek. First, Father, would you show me what you are leading me into today? Father, with some of the different things that we're looking at, Father, would you lead me in what is your will for this? Father, what is your mind, and what is your thought on this? Because I know what other people are saying, but God, what is your heart, and what are you saying into these things? Seek first. Seek first with all the different things and the fears and the worries that we have. Seek first. When's the times that we just go straight to God? And we bring it in prayer, seek first. The other word and the other way of looking at this one is not just about first in time or place, but it's first in rank or importance with some of the different thoughts that people might say. It's like, God, what you said, this is where I'm bringing it. As those part of the kingdom of God, as God's children, we have a new way of thinking, a new way of being able to live, and a new way now through the spirit of being able to renew and to restore our thinking. And so this is why... As living out a seek first mindset, this is what Paul would even say in Philippians. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's like in terms of importance with some of our thoughts, these are some of the ways for us to be able to almost start to outwork and to train our minds to be able to think. These are some of the, listen, hear this, as believers, and this is where we need to recognize the responsibility, we have a choice. 
You have a choice how you live your life. You have a choice how you step into and out of some of the areas that you feel trapped with. And these are some of the ways that actually we have a way of renewing our mind. And the way of renewing our mind, our, our mind in this way is that actually we choose to live into and to think in some of these ways. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's like where our minds just are just focused and given to others. Think about these things where the enemy wants us to be focused on this stuff that just steals and just robs from our peace. God says, no, actually think about these things in your life. Focus on these areas because these are the things that lead into fullness of life. And this is where then just finally as we come into the plan to wrap this up, then we're just going to, to just maybe worship just at the end, just as we close. Back to my little diagram. This is the good news. There's a way out. You don't have to be trapped in that place of fear and being immobilized. There's a way out. You have a choice. And this is where simply we've been saying the whole way through the series. You've got to choose. This is what we did on our last series, even with Joshua. Remember at the end of Joshua, choose today. But we have a choice in the condition of our own hearts and how we step into this. And this is what I simply would just say, just three different ways. Reflect where Robbie began, and then we're just going to worship and Robbie can close us off. How to renew your mind? We've got to be a people that choose joy. This is a word that can, we just don't want to downplay in our lives. You need to recognize the significance of joy in our life as believers. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We need to choose joy in our lives. We need to choose thankfulness. Paul in that passage to the Philippians, he says, actually, you don't need to be anxious. He says, but in all things with prayer and supplications and with thanksgiving, make your requests unto the Lord. And when we practice thankfulness, what he actually says, and a peace that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we practice and we step in and we choose joy and we choose thankfulness, these are some of the things that nullify the tactics of the enemy and suddenly releases peace releases his peace in our lives, a peace that surpasses understanding. It's like it's not normal. You probably shouldn't get peace in moments like this, but we get it. We choose to worship. We choose to focus our eyes on Jesus. This is where the psalmist would say, lift up your heads. You know, the pastor's like, he says, be lifted up, O ye gates, lift up your heads that the King of glory may come in in this moment when our eyes are off what our worries dragging us into, when the distraction of where our heads go down and our circumstances, and in the posture of worship of God, our focus is on you. Our focus is totally on you, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty in battle. He is the one that brings the peace. And this is where we see where Robbie began at the start. This is where we've seen what's been happening in Asbury in America and Kentucky. This is where we've recognized that there's been a group of people and young people who initially began on the 8th of February where at the end of a worship service they just lingered and they said, we want to stay on in this. We are hungry. We are hungry from where we're hungry to worship you. We're hungry, God, to focus our attention on you. This is where Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they will be satisfied. These are the things that will soothe your soul. These are the things that will bring life and richness to your very being by hungering and thirsting after God and righteousness. And when we worship in this way, and yet this is what I recognize. Robbie's rightly said, people from all over America, people from over the world are gathered. And you can be sure of this. Many of those people in that room had worries. 
How many of the people in the room came with troubles? They still do. In this world, you will have troubles. And yet they had a choice. And then this moment, they came and they desired that actually God, before anything else, was where we said, we're going to make space. But this is the one thing that they said, God, in this moment, above everything else, we are going to seek first. We're going to seek you first. We're going to pray, place you above everything else. We're going, to, we're going to stop everything else. We're going to create space. And do you know what? People have been reading it, and it's, it's sad. Maybe the worship guys want to come, would you? Um, like people are looking on from different parts of the church, and some are being cynical. Like there's, there's, been a, there's been a lot of talk about the start of something stirring as a, as a start of re- revival times and start of renewing. There's, these people in the room are being revived and restored in their, in their very beings of who they are because they have chosen. They have chosen to embody thankfulness and joy in these moments to worship God. They have, thank, they have chosen to put God first and to place Him first above everything else. And in this moment, there is a sense of renewing and restoring in their own souls. And for them, this is where revival starts with them. Robbie's rightfully said at the start, we can look on at pictures like that and say, isn't that amazing? The amazing thing is that we don't have to go to America to experience it. It begins right here. And it begins right here. It begins by us as a people. It begins by us as individuals saying, God, we seek you first above everything else, above everything that the enemy's trying to sow and seed into our lives to distract and divert us from the main thing, which is you, Jesus. Jesus, you're beautiful. You're above everything else. And God, we hunger and we thirst for you. This is where times of renewal and restoration happen in our own lives. This is when it comes even that that peace that renews and restores our own minds. This is the promise to us. And so this is what a renewed or revived people look like. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. The words of Paul, this is our prayers we finished, and the guys are going to just lead us in a song. Sorry, I hadn't, I hadn't preempted them with a the song, so they're going to lead us in a song. But this is the words of Paul, and this is our prayers we finished, and then Robbie can close us off. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Stand with me this morning, will you? Jesus, thank you that you are Prince of Peace. Even as we have worshipped and gathered God around the table this morning, we thank you that you are the restorer of our souls. We thank you that you are the lifter of our heads. And God, today we just choose in this moment to seek you, to seek you first. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be a people, God, in the midst, God, of the trouble that we face, God, in the midst of some of the big things, God, that are present in our lives, that we would be a people that would seek you first and place you first and position you first in everything. God, I pray, Lord, that over everything that would keep us locked up, God, would almost immobilize, God, by the tactics of the enemy. God, I pray, Lord, a freeing and a breaking in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that for us as a people, God, even in this moment, God, as we choose to worship you now, 
God, I pray, Lord, that we would just have a sense, God, of a renewing and a reviving in our spirits. Thank you for what you're doing, God, in America. But God, do it here. God, in our hearts, do it here. In our lives, do it here. We worship you, King Jesus. So let's start lifting our voices, even as the band begin to lead us. Let's start lifting your voice towards the Lord this morning. Let's start just speaking out our love for him today. Speaking out our hunger for him today, our desire for him. Even if there's some of these troubles that we've spoken of today, an invitation to him today. Let's start inviting. Let's start worshiping, lifting his name today, just as the guys lead us. Come, King Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.